Hello everyone, this is Juanma and Aga from Buenos Beans. Welcome to the people behind your coffee podcast, where we chat with great people from the coffee world. We discuss topics like coffee farming, roasting, brewing, and many more. We speak today with Yola Endagata from the Green Coffee Importers 88 Range. We learn a lot about the work of a high-quality green coffee importer, about living in Guatemala and creating relationships with local farmers, as well as the community work Yola and Agata are involved in. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the People Behind Your Coffee podcast. This is Aga. And this is Juanma. And we are here today with Yola and Lagata, who are the founders of 88 Grains. 88 Grains are a new generation of green coffee importer. They support equal trade, sustainability, and involvement of new generations in coffee profession. They supply great green coffee from Central and South America to many European roasters. One of them is Kyoto Coffee Roasters from Poland, who were featured in our December 2020 Buenos Beans box. Hi, Yola and Agata. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you? We're very fine. How about you? Like, you're in two different uh, places like for for one of you is the same time as for us for for the other is just early morning what time is it in Guatemala Yola uh, right now it's nine o'clock in the morning so I'm just okay, starting my day bad. no <laughs> it's okay <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm in Guatemala and Agata is uh, in in France. So yeah, we're in on total dif- uh, on di- totally different continents and uh, yeah, but we're we make it work somehow. So <laughs> I I get up early and Agata stays up late. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. it's also it's a great option to have somebody who is working directly with the coffee producers. Uh, yeah. So yeah. the person who is uh, underground working with the coffee, <laughs> and the other who is uh, more closer to clients and uh, mm-hmm. managing all the logistics. So it's a good mix that works very well for us and. Uh, well, we tested yeah. for a few months and now it works. So we're going to continue this adventure in that way. Yeah. Perfect. And it's been, and now it's been, it's been four years. Well, yeah, it's been almost yeah. four years. Well, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. let's, let's start from, from the beginning. Uh, so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about you, like each, each of you, because you have very different stories, but you connected at some point and uh, your journey to the coffee industry. So, uh, Yola, could you start? Sure. Um, So I started my coffee adventure, um, let's say now, nine years ago, nine years ago in Australia. I lived in Australia. So I haven't lived in Poland for about 20 years. And before that, I lived in, in the United States for about 12 years, but I had nothing to do with coffee. And then in Australia, I started my adventure with with coffee and I was studying uh, actually sports development and I needed a, a everyday income. So I, I took a course, a barista course, and, and the guy that uh, was the owner of the cafe 
where the course was, he he offered me a job on the spot. So I was pretty happy. And that was my first um, experience with coffee, with hospitality at all. And, and anything that had to do with um, with hospitality uh and i actually fell in love with with the hospitality itself and then i studied uh, i got a diploma in uh hospitality management in the end and uh because i just like people i i love interacting with people and and then um coffee for me was always people and it's a connecting element for for people mm-hmm. um and and now that's um from the beginning i knew because the guy that i worked for he he always traveled with coffee he he i think he was probably one of the first in australia that he was doing this direct trade and he was traveling everywhere in the world and when i saw that he sort of um it was like contagious, contagious energy, and I really decided then from the beginning that I'm gonna that I'm gonna travel with coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after five years, so five years, I was working in Australia, and I went from from um, working with with the yeah with the it, it's called cartel roasters to working with with really great roasters in in Melbourne. Uh, and learning and absorbing like a sponge all the information I could about coffee and and learning anything anything and everything about coffee, uh, which prepared me um, to land in origin. Uh, so uh, after five years, I sort of packed my life into one bag and I decided to leave Australia and I got a job offer in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so then... And that Sorry, did, did you find it or did they find you? How did, how did it work? So actually I got it through one of the roasters I was working with because they buy coffee from them. So they connected me and and the, the exporter in Bolivia, they offered me a job, which I, I mean... I just took it because I just I I figured that if this door opens, it opens for a reason, and I'm just gonna take it. So and I didn't speak Spanish at all at all when I left Australia, mm-hmm. and I got a position as a manager in a wet mill in a coffee wet mill. So I had to learn, yeah, in Bolivia in Amazon jungle, and with people barely speaking Spanish because the majority speaks uh, Aymara. So it's not even close to Spanish, but I was able to learn Spanish in three months and manage people. Uh, so it was a very interesting experience and it it made me realize that, well, if you want to achieve something uh, that you're going to put your mind to, you you always succeed because you just, yeah, it's always your subconscious that will lead you to everything that you want. So that was my dream to sort of be in origin and and travel in origin and learn more about coffee. And at the in the beginning, it really hit me hard <laughs> because yeah. uh, on the other side, on the consumer side, everything is so uh, pretty looking, and it's not. In the end, the reality is very different. It's very harsh. Uh, it's very. Um, it's yeah it's not it's not what it seems like uh so so i think uh at that point i after three months in bolivia um i mean i stay i was two harvests in bolivia so altogether like one year but um but after three months uh 
Agatha was the one that uh, reconnected and uh, that's where our journey um, started. So I'm going to leave that for later. But but I think connecting, reconnecting with Agatha was uh, uh, like a breaking point for me that maybe, yes, I should still stay in coffee, that there's uh, a, uh, a purpose for me to, to be in coffee and to to continue coffee despite the the harshness of of the reality in 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 the origin um so then that made me sort of push myself and push maybe others because i feel like i'm sometimes pushing producers to to be better at what they do and to produce uh, high quality coffee and every every day every year we sort of search for new ways to do it because it's a it's something new for us it's something new for them and and we sort of um it's an ongoing learning experience for everyone uh so that's how i sort of end up ended up um in the end in in guatemala uh we we started uh, traveling with agata around origins and and in guatemala i got another job offer and I also found love in Guatemala, so that's another story for another day. Uh, yeah. But but in the end, I it's a it's a really really interesting origin Guatemala, and it's very diverse. and And I love how um, how diverse coffee is within the origin and within the its microclimates and farms and lots and and people. So um, so I think that keeps me going. That uh, there's so much potential. And still undiscovered, and still ready to be discovered, and and still ready to be improved and developed. Because I feel like there is a huge gap between the origin and between the consumer side. So I think that to sort of pushes me to to keep going and to um, to find ways to to find a better communication and understanding between the two two sides of the co- of the coffee chain. Yes. Amazing. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, no, I was going to say, like, what, uh, what, Agatha, why don't you tell us your story up until that moment where you guys connected, so then you can both pick it up from the connection yeah. point. Um, just maybe quickly, uh, I, I will tell uh, in few words uh, well, how I find myself to connecting to Yola. Uh-huh. Uh, so as, as she said, we, we were friends in high school, and, and then uh, just after the baccalaureate, I, 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 I moved to France to make my studies here. And uh, I love coffee, I love food products, but before that I was working in, my first experience it was working in the investment fund when I was meeting all this uh, incredible entre- entrepreneurial people that have great vision, that have uh, like a great uh, plan for the future of their companies and it was in different sectors. And one of this um connection point was meeting the CEO of uh, Pierre Hermé Paris Group. So it's one of the biggest pastry chefs in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started to invest it in that company in 2008. And then I have opportunity to join this company in 2009. And I was in charge of the worldwide development of this brand. So we have activities uh, in different parts of the world, mainly in France, but also in Japan, in in Hong Kong, in the uh, United Kingdom, in Middle East. We have around 50, 50 shops uh, worldwide. And so we already was uh, like a pioneer in using specialty coffee in the pastries industry. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, he was the first that was using specialty coffee in his recipe. And then in 2015, I was starting to working on the first uh, Café Dior by Pierre Hermé in Seoul. So we opened that in 2016, something like that. So it was a huge project. And then I understood the potential of the coffee uh, that, you know, still people don't understand this product and how many things we can do with it. And since the beginning, I was like just working only with the best raw materials, best products, food products that, uh, you know, we can find uh, on the market. And uh, I, from the beginning, I wanted to work uh, with a product that allows me to travel, to find the best quality that we can offer to the clients and bring it and share it. So this is something that was for me obvious. And uh, there was this internal voice that was telling me, well, it's time to do something by yourself. Um, and, and, you know, we have this time in our life when we say, okay, I need to create something by myself. And it happened to me in 2017. So I decided to quit the company and just wanted to travel in the countries that I didn't yet know. And uh, So I've made like six months break, uh, went to visit uh, all the United States to to understand uh, how the food works over there looking on the food and coffee concepts and the funny story is that when I was traveling from through United States so I took a train from Chicago California Zephyr to Los Angeles and I was just on the Instagram and looking on the photo of Yola uh, posting photos on the coffee farms and I was like oh what what's going on here <laughs> so I just I just make a connection Sorry, at, that, at, at that point you you haven't seen each other for ages yeah for 16 years so then I said okay nothing happens uh, everything happened for the reason so I, I connected to her I said I call her I said okay what you are doing in your life uh, and then we started to connecting again I said okay uh, I will take a plane and I will come to Bolivia to visit you if we are on the same page if we have the same values if you want to do the same things in the future uh, let's do it if not I'm going to take fly by, back to Paris and the story will be will, will, the story is not going to happen but the, the, the funny story is that well two months later in September 2017 I took the plane I went to La Paz and it was like uh, obvious that we have to do something together it was smooth uh, first of all and I think that the things that need that happened uh, in the good way there is is the things that you don't put too much struggle on it so it was very smooth uh, from the beginning. We know with what we want to do and what's the values of the company. And then the story started. Uh, Yola quit her job in Bolivia. We started to travel. So we went to Panama. We went to Costa Rica, Guatemala, uh, Colombia, Brazil. She went to Peru. And, uh, it, and we were just traveling for two months, exchanging only all the times uh, how we see our company, what we want to do, uh, what we want to share with the clients, with the people. And it was something that um, helped us a lot to construct what we are doing now. And to be honest with you, it did the change from the from the time that we were discussing that. So the values are still the same. And, and I think it's the most important in that story. So... Yeah, so I mean, coffee, 
It's a great product. Uh, it's something that uh, connect people, and and it's something that we want to do in, in what we are doing: connecting people, connecting roasters with the producers, uh, and uh, yeah, and communicate as much as we can uh, about the people and the product also. Oh yeah, it's uh, incredible how just looking at the photos and and just chatting uh, to to a friend from your high school, you can uh, go go to Bolivia, connect, start you know traveling around uh, the continent and and creating. A I mean, this is company. this is very nice nice part of it, but there is also lots of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A romantic this is story. A romantic part, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's It's, it's yeah it's a nice part of the of the story there is lots of struggle there is lots of um, fear that uh, we we were facing and we had to struggle about it um, but yeah we can we can explain it a little bit more maybe in other questions that you're going to ask us but yeah, yeah it's 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 a great It's a great thing that connecting us and that we try to uh, develop as much as we can and as best as we can. But in each stories, there is all the time struggle, fear and all the stuff that is uh, coming uh, at one time or another uh, and that we have to face. So it's, it's the same story for everybody. There is a nice part and there is other part, which is a little bit tougher. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... Now I wanted to um, yeah to, to move on to the part that green coffee importers are are sometimes seen as the the bad guys in the coffee industry like a middleman that uh, that just uh, makes people um, pay more for for the coffee but that, that's not really true and could you uh, explain us w um, what green coffee importers work consists of and um, why your work is so important in the in the coffee chain yeah <laughs> Maybe ju just yeah, maybe just I'm going to start because I'm I'm thinking about it all the time when I'm buying the product, and I think that it's um, the awareness of the people uh, now, which is uh, I think it's it's a little bit uh, changed from 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 several years when everything thinks that everything is available and easy to get at lower at at low price. But if you would like to get uh, one kilo of the coffee and if you have to take your plane by yourself and get this coffee in the origin and uh, struggle to pick the cherries, process it, it, it's impossible to get it. It's impossible to get it by yourself. And I think that we are used to in the consumption countries to get everything easily. Everything is available, but we don't know how many struggle there is to get this product to your door or on the on the shop shelf. Mm -hmm. And 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 uh, and this is something that I think it's important to communicate. What is the real value in producing, bringing, uh, sourcing, uh, logistic of the coffee? And sometimes people have misunderstanding of it and they are not searching how, how it really looks like. And uh, in the coffee, for sure, there is a whole range of the products. So you have uh, uh, not very good coffee, which is a third grade uh, co uh, commercial, commercial coffee, grade. industrial coffee. And yes, for, for this kind of the coffee, 
they are not focused on the on the quality. They are focused on the price. So yes, there is a, maybe a middleman or importer that are just focusing on the price, looking on the what is the, the the stock exchange price in New York on the coffee, and they don't care about the product. What is interesting is the price and to get this coffee to the warehouse of the of the company that are going to roast it in the big volume. Yeah. And, and, and for this kind of the coffee it's fine to have a middleman. I don't know if he's bad or good or he's nice, uh, handsome or not handsome. I mean, it's 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 the market that is asking for it. We are doing something completely else. We are specialized in the in the high high quality coffee and for that product the story is completely different and involvement of the importer is completely different so maybe yola is going to explain her how how, how we work as a important of this high quality coffee and why we don't consider ourselves only as a middleman but you know something something not bigger or not better it, it's just different that uh, that this kind of the product uh, asking for uh, so 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 it, mm-hmm. it's completely different so yes i think um i mean yeah i think there is that that thing floating around that the importers or exporters are the bad guy but yeah but i don't i don't see that as, as neither because um yeah they provide a service they provide a service and like Agatha said like I think a lot of of people roasters and producers as well they um they don't take that under consideration how hard it is hard it is to actually bring the coffee in from from point a to b and how many steps that takes how much cost it costs um and it's not that easy it's a high risk it's a high risk step that uh i don't know why it's perceived bad because um we will, we are the ones that would take that risk we are the ones that are invested here because uh for example my work uh is not you know it's not only during the harvest but it's also after the harvest it's uh preparing the coffees making sure that we're gonna get the same coffees that we have ordered or we picked uh, uh being hands-on with all the quality control for all the coffees that we're gonna export um being hands-on in during the harvest with processing because some producers will need help with processing uh, some are open to new methods of processing so i will gladly go and and i did that this year with many that i would go and and physically process the, the coffee um mm-hmm. So they, so we can offer a higher price because in the uh, in the end the the result in the cup is will be very different. Um, and to be honest, like there is a bunch of producers that will say no to that. They will just uh, sell their coffee as parchment or cherry, get cash in hand, and they don't don't really care for quality or getting better at what they do or or changing anything because it works for them and it's fine um and we also pick or we connect with producers that will share our values and our vision for for the future and they see they you know that they will they will feel that it's worth it and and in the end it will it will reflect on on the price that we pay for the for the product and also not only because then the quality that we 
<laughs> that we will bring to Europe and to European roasters, um, they they quickly uh, they quickly learn that okay the the quality is really good so i'm going to ask for the same coffee next year and they will keep coming back they will stay loyal to the coffee and to the producer because because the quality is there so we we try to support the producers to develop their quality and to always year to year to do something to to make it better at this even if it's one lot, even if it's a small portion of it, but it's but it's a it's an effort that we're trying to um, put every year in the har- during the harvest. So I think like that kind of involvement is not very common as far as exporters or importers. Mm-hmm. Like the majority of the relationship, well, not even relationships, but just the structure of uh, importer exporter would be buy sell. And that's it. So there is no involvement in in uh, producers' lives, let's say, and and they're they're um, you know asking about okay, what what do you need anything? Do you need any kind of support? I mean, I have some producers that I will support them with English classes because that's what they need, you know. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. and and there's and there's nothing wrong with that. Like there is nothing. I'm not going to impose um, support that they don't really need or want because that's another thing. Like if they don't want it, it's, there's nothing I can I can do about it. It's their choice. Um, and and I will just provide the support that they actually look for and they. Um, they express their interest in. Uh, so I think that's that's a very different um, involvement in in that kind of um, in in the coffee chain that we we're trying to make that change. And and the most important thing I think is the communication about it because. Because in the end, I see the gap. Uh, if you just take like a regular structured exporter importer buy and sell. Um, the roaster doesn't ask questions about where this coffee came from. I mean, is it stolen? Is it actually Guatemalan? Maybe it's Honduras coffee. I don't know. I mean, there, there could be that. It could be a case like that. But they won't ask those questions. And we sort of provide information straight away. So maybe they can, so they have an option at least to ask questions, ask more questions and know more. And have the option of okay this is provided with full traceability and you have a face behind this coffee and um and this work has been done with this particular coffee uh so it's very very precise information there's a lot of work into it like we i spent over here like tons of time to to get all that information and to provide it you know if the roaster wants to know more about the producers they're they're welcome to connect directly with the producer or they they're welcome to connect through me if they have any extra questions we're happy to answer that we're probably in uh, a commercial grade exporter you will you will just uh, not get any information about traceability or or where the coffee came from or is there a person behind this coffee um, so I think the service that we provide is is a bit different and it's very um, very precise and and I think the we just want to minimize the gap between the two sides of the coffee chain and and make 
not only producers meet the roasters and and find out a little bit more about their struggles and their and empathize with their challenges, but also roasters to find out more about the reality of producing coffee in each specific origin because all their origins are very different and they will face different challenges uh each producer from from different um region within the country will face different different uh challenges and uh and i think it's nice to to communicate that so the roaster also can be aware especially the roasters that haven't visited origins or even if you visit origin twice three times two days three days picture you get a show you get a show that's what you get i mean the the producer will invite you to their farm and and it's all tip top it's top because they want to sell you coffee this is the problem it's not about you know um yes showing the full reality like any business and not uh-huh. like absolutely normal that you want to you don't want to show you know the shed with all the bad stuff you want to show <laughs> yes. like the good stuff so the people buy from you and like it, I just wanted to say that it's not wrong that it's normal that you want to sell your product and present it in the best possible way yes but i think that that way also masks a lot of problems mm-hmm. that uh, that maybe you know if they would be more open they could solve a lot of their issues but they're they're scared because like you say they want to sell coffee and sometimes they're scared to show problems because because they will be afraid that you're not gonna buy that coffee so i think that's um yeah that's a big challenge that there is a lot of problems um in each origin country that are not spoken about because hardly ever somebody can um can discover them unless they actually live there and i'm not talking about like let's say living in a city because i can live in a city over here i live like on the farm and i see the reality every day and it opens my eyes more and more every day to you know the differences between how they think what's the culture um and it's very very profound like it's just very deep in their roots that the culture is just so strong and it's so different to to where we come from and they see everything very differently um to let's say to to people from europe or united states so their standards of of living and expectations are very very different um so i think that really brings us to um to yeah to that difference between what we do and what um what let's say regular big exporter importer mm. are trying to do which is buy and sell yeah and just maybe to add uh, so one thing which is i think it's quite important is that we have such a huge range of the coffee that we propose to the roasters that i i personally i don't know if there is another company that proposed this range of the products uh like this year from guatemala your liola managed to grade to to find like we have 70 different lots from guatemala so it gives also a huge choice uh, for the roasters um, to have a different coffee that uh, his competitors next door 
uh, and bring also this uh, choice uh, and to show different coffee, different varieties, different processes. And also we are focusing on bringing uh, in the specialty coffee producer that wasn't in that sector before. So also, um, for instance, some of producers uh, before Eight heat grains, they never exported to Europe. And we give them also this possibility to open uh, open them the market uh, in, in new countries. Uh, and yes, communicate on them because mostly eight heat grains, we don't communicate a lot about me, Yola, eight heat grains. We love to speak about our stories, but in all our communication tools, we speak about the producers, coffee, and we push them to, yeah, to to work on, on that new varieties, new processes, telling them what clients are searching in Europe, so they can adapt more uh, for the demand in, in in consuming countries, and it's much more securing for them because they know that uh, what is going to sell you know so they have this uh, understanding of the consumption market also and it goes in the both sides because we try to communicate as you like explain you to, to the roasters about the reality but we also communicate on the consumption reality to the producers and so it's much more a deeper connection than only taking a phone and negotiating the price and the volumes and bringing that into Europe mm-hmm. uh, quick one How does the process, like how do you choose which producers you're going to work with and build some relationships with? How does that look like, Joran? Well, um, after, let's say, living four years in in, uh, Central America and and, and coffee-producing countries, uh, it's not, there's uh, a lot of producers, but I think my main um, indicator of if I'm going to be working, if we're going to be working with certain producer is, is always, always energy. <laughs> it's the connection. Like, do I have the energy? Do, do I feel this producer? Do I, com- is it easy for me to, to communicate with this producer? Are we on the same page? Uh, is he, Uh, trying to achieve what we're trying to achieve. Uh, Does he have the same values? Um, So I always like to meet the producer, uh, visit his farm, because as you know, Juan um, over here, it's it's not always what people say it is. So if they send me a sample, Mm -hmm. I don't like to buy just from a sample because I actually don't know if this coffee is from this producer or if this guy is a producer. Does yeah. it have a farm? Uh, so, yeah. does this exist or is this stolen? Because that happens. That happens. It's reality over here. So, I always like to meet. Well, first of all, I have my own contacts here that are safe, and and I have been exploring those. Um, let's say they're like my priorities because uh, I can trust them. Uh, but there's other ones that are sort of from contacts that I don't, I don't trust too much or I don't, I haven't had good uh, or I haven't had any experience yet. So that takes a long time. That takes a long time for me to develop a, a new relationship with people that come to me from different, different uh, contacts. So 
so now I like this year I started uh, to work a little bit more with uh, Ana Cafe, which is the coffee association here in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. And there's few contacts that I made this year, but but I haven't bought any coffee because it's a long process. Like, okay, I'm gonna visit your farm. We're gonna see. Uh, I'm gonna see your practices. You know, I'm, this is very important to me. Like, I'm gonna see how. Okay, do you have uh, workers li- living in your farm? Like, how? What are the conditions? And and um, are you working on quality? Are you working more on volume? You know, I mean, I think all the coffees have their place in the market, uh, but but it's something that we also look for, um, that we focus more on quality and we want to also uh, connect with producers that are working towards quality. So they are open to make changes if, you know, if, if we propose any changes or if um, if the demand is for changing their style of work. So, so I think this is... Uh, this is something like that it takes time a lot of time that i've noticed um and it's not it's not easy to i mean let's say it's easy to buy coffee it's super easy to buy coffee but it's not easy what we do which is okay to make sure that this coffee comes from a very ethical place and and actually covers the value that we preach about you know it's not um it's not something that that you can just uh you you can't gather that information just from a producer sending you a sample and that's it and and making a decision okay i'm gonna buy this coffee because i sometimes i ask about uh, the producer to send me another sample and then there is a completely different coffee (laughs) same coffee but different no so it's like oh so then it's a red flag for me because it's uh then i question okay so can we meet? And also, I never meet by myself because it's also dangerous, as you know, Juan, <laughs> that it's not that safe to, uh, for me, like for in some regions, I, I can't go by myself. I have to go with someone. I have to go with another producer. Um, I have to go with uh, with a male figure, I would say, over here, unfortunately. And um, because I'm not going to be, you know, welcome in every place in Guatemala. So, so that makes it difficult because also that uh, limits a little bit my my access to to some farms to some producers because of the safety. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, I think there is enough of producers in whole Guatemala to connect uh, based on based on that. Based on the the first thing, first things first is the energy. And if it if that is smooth and 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 good, we we proceed and we develop the relationship. I don't know how you manage on your own. You know, I was I was wondering, like, you know, traveling through all these countries and creating, you know, having samples and just, you know, doing like, okay, let's try, pam, 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 done. But really, like, creating a relationship takes time and. Mm-hmm. I, I was wondering how you manage, basically. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not easy. It's. It's not because. Um, yeah, sometimes it start, starts off good, you know, and then it's sort of you. It's a matter of keeping it up. So you have to, you know, you have to stay in touch. You have to stay uh, focused on each individual farm and their needs, because, like I mentioned before, like every producer will have different needs. 
um, and also very different structure of their own farms. So I think that's, um, yeah, in the, in the harvest is crazy. In the harvest, I go from farm to farm. I collect samples. I do quality control for some. Like uh, this year, for example, we work closely with uh, Finca La Senda, which is here well, next door to me. Uh, but this year we did um, quality control for them. And that's talking about 250 samples or over 250 samples, roasting, checking every lot, uh, checking all the quality to bring the best of the coffee uh, and, and to not to make a mistake and not to put it in a blend, you know, like all the coffees and majority of producers will just sell coffee all at once, all the lots at once. And, and it's a big blend. So, and I think that that's hard work. That uh, takes a lot of time. Uh, not all the producers have skills or they don't see too much value in it either. Like that takes time as well to develop that, that, that value and to, for them to understand that uh, it is valuable to do that. Uh, so I can count on fingers of one hand producers that are willing to do that. And um, I think there's maybe one or two that are doing that on a regular basis. Uh, and they are um, they see value in it. So, so I think this is a very hard. Um, it's a very yeah. It's a very hard process that is ongoing development and 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 just uh, year year by year we're gonna we're gonna make sure that the producers that we work with are are seeing the value behind it. Mm -hmm. And just just to add what uh, Yola is say, say, telling you is that now we are working with um, another person. His name is Piot. He's a Q grader. And he also has a great experience with uh, some of the producer from other origins in Guatemala because Yola is really focused uh, on Guatemala and uh, we are very happy to working with Bolivia that uh, Yola was also... Uh, uh, develop this 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 relationship with the producer from Bolivia and, and now uh, we also working with great producer from Honduras Costa Rica uh, we will uh, start also Panama and the last year we started with Brazil and uh, it's quite the same uh, that Yola explained to you is that the, the most important thing is the confidence in the producer so because for instance, Piot bring us great producer from Honduras and Costa Rica, and they check the quality for several years uh, working in the roastery in Canada. And we know the quality is there and that there is no problem with the product, with the logistic. And at the end, it's all the time's confidence because producer is sending coffee without getting the money and we are paying when the coffee is on the on in the sea on the on the boat so you need to have a confidence uh, to make this kind of the of the of the of the business uh, and you need to be sure that the person that you are dealing with uh, will provide good quality uh, and will do what what he what he said that he will do so it's it's quite tricky things uh, and the confidence i think is the most important uh, part and as Yola said energy and feeling the, the person who is yeah. behind the coffee I guess building those relationships is yeah relationship and, and and then and then of course yeah quality of the coffee is also very important for what mm -hmm. we are doing but you know there is the demand for different kind of the products so at the end uh, you will find a 
a client that is searching for lower quality and bigger volume and the other one that is searching for nanolots, 90.2. So everything is possible, but the most important is this confidence and uh, and uh, knowing that you can, um, you have a, a person that is going to do what, what, what he said that he's going to do on both sides, our mm-hmm. side and producer side. But yeah, it's a tricky thing, <laughs> not easy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now we uh, wanted to go like related to the relationships. We wanted to talk about your initiative, Coffee Co-Changers. Could you tell us a little bit about this initiative? Yeah, Mm -hmm. so so as Yola already explained to you, the life standard is completely different in the origin countries. And we we understood it uh, when we were traveling through these countries and Yola is living that uh, on a daily basis uh, in Guatemala and before in Bolivia. And what was important to us is to bring as much awareness as we can uh, to understand what's going on on the other side of the of the of the world where the coffee is produced. And uh, in those countries, most of the time, they don't have the same understanding on environmental and environmental ah and environmental <laughs> problems that we that we have here in Europe, or you know the social standard are not the same. Educational challenges are not the same. Infrastructure is completely not adapted. And we don't want to change. We don't want to, 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 to tell in Guatemala that you have to do as it's done in Europe because uh, it's not, uh, you know, we are just, uh, let's say, people that coming to this country and uh, trying to do what we can, but we don't want to impose other way of thinking, other way of working. But we wanted to listen to them. What's your problems and how we can help you in improving this this issue? And we said that we would like to have this kind of the programs uh, that we can work on different challenges that are facing these countries and to bring as many people uh, to this project, associate as many people about this project to make it uh, speak about it and to make a change. So that's why we created Coffee Co-Changers to to bring all these coffee co-changers uh, in that program and to to make better things in the coffee production countries and the first of the program that we were interested in it was the um, problem with the recycling and the uh, waste manage- management in Manag- Guatemala that doesn't exist. So that's why we, the first program that we established was Let's Help to Clean Guatemala. And we started that project in 2019. Uh, uh, and it's been now second year that we continue this project. And we're going to continue that in the future. Uh, so maybe Yola is going to explain you how, what she's doing in Guatemala to, to this program, Let's Help to Clean Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think idea of the let's clean, let's help to clean Guatemala came from me living directly in a in the in like in in the coffee farm areas where literally like I I've noticed that what do we do with trash? Like there was no no option. Um, 
and that scared me. And and now I actually create less weight waste just because of that because we still don't have an infrastructure. We have to take our trash all the way to Guatemala City to dispose of of just general trash, which is so wrong. Um, but we have that option to let's say take it to the city, but. Everybody that lives here, they don't have that option. They throw it into the river or they burn it. So that's a horrible option. And for them, it's normal. Like they they don't see that they're doing anything wrong because how they see it is it disappears. It disappears. So it's not a problem. Uh, They have no idea about consequences. Like there is a big gap in their education and and you know knowing what the consequences can be from what they're doing because it's just an awareness so the um so the idea came from from that from seeing that from living that and from being scared that uh i mean it breaks my heart every time i see it and it happens it happens everywhere in guatemala um so we we started thinking okay how can we how can we not impose because we don't want to tell them what to do, but how can we influence a change or, or bring that awareness? And we figured that, you know, school would be the best option to, to start because kids are still very uh, open to, to learn, to learn, to change um, their habits or to create new habits. Um, and um and that year in 2019, luckily, the schools were still open, so we could create, uh, we organized uh, classes with, uh, with Ana Cafe uh, that we could um, provide education and educational materials for the kids uh, about recycling, about reusing, about uh, disposing of, of rubbish. And as well, we provided bins uh, for for all the schools. We did it here in Acatenango and we did it in, in another region of Huehuetenango uh, with another couple of producers. Um, and that also um, allowed us to... Uh, to connect with uh, and to make a stronger connection with uh, the roastery, the roaster that was involved, which was Hard Beans and also the platform Coffee Desk, which were Mm -hmm. very helpful. And they were the first ones to join and to to believe in the the project and to communicate the the problem. Um, And so the first year it was very, it was, pretty much two three producers that that joined and then uh this year everybody wanted to join so uh this year again everybody wants to join everybody wants sees that okay we want to make a change we see the problem we struggle with the problem uh and because this year is a bit complicated because the school has been closed actually since last year since march last year uh so that sort of um doesn't make it simple but um but this year we're planning to get into more into farms because producers see the value of having the bins and having a structure of um an infrastructure for waste disposal on their farm premises uh because they can control it so so this is the only um, sort of way that we found so far that has been 
uh, that hopefully will it will work for for them and for us. Um, and hopefully soon we're gonna have uh, a truck coming by and picking up the trash because uh, because we still take uh, trash to Guatemala. So so it's uh, so this year it's 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 that's the plan to sort of create that infrastructure for the um, for the farms and and not so much let's say for the for the town because it's out of our control because over there let's say we will put bins on the on the street and they will just disappear so that's it's like they will just they'll be stolen an hour later so that's why that's our only chance to sort of get through through um through the farms to the people and I was going to, to you briefly mentioned but where the the farms they get the bins but then mm-hmm. you mentioned that you when do, do they get collected afterwards how do they get collected yeah so we have a few options so there is an option that um, there is a, a recycling facility for glass plastic and aluminum mm-hmm. uh, that we try we're gonna try to separate all the bins by that so then one is going to be for glass one for plastic one for aluminum and one for general and as they get full we will collect from let's say all the farms because that would make sense because then that creates volume Mm -hmm. and then we can collect them and we can take it to the recycling facility and the general waste unfortunately we will have to organize that it will go to all the way to guatemala although it's that's that's another thing it's a very it's a very complex uh topic because guatemala itself doesn't have a good infrastructure of disposing the general waste but it's it's an option it's an it's a best of worst options that that uh that exists so so we're gonna start with that and also we have a Another option of uh, connecting with um, a company that is called Biorem that they actually use, um, they burn general, well, they burn trash for uh, for energy. So they use they use it for energy. So let's, yeah, we're going to explore that and we're going to hopefully make the infrastructure itself happen this year um, and make it work as we go because that will take time for the people to to get used to using it because they will that probably will be sort of reinforced by the producers to for them for the people that live on farm premises that they will have to use the the bins and not dispose the trash in in rivers or burn it And yeah, also, as Yula mentioned, so just to explain you how it works, this this program is open to all the people that would like to join it through buying coffee and through roasters. And uh, we, yes, we started with hard beans and coffee desk. And this year we had another roastery that joined this project. It was uh, Java Coffee Roasters. Uh, It was Simplo from Poland and also Odun. Mm-hmm. And what we would like to do is, yes, to encourage people uh, to associate in this kind of the of this project. It's quite easy because um, 
what we what we try to do is that from each bag of coffee sold to the clients, fifty cents dollar, so it's two zloty, is dedicated to this initiative. And on our side, we also dedicate uh, a part of the sales sales from green beans to that project. And really, we we encourage. Uh, I mean, especially today, now everybody is uh, understanding that. Uh, uh, everything is connected, you know. It's we 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 saw that during COVID, uh, you cannot think that uh, just living in your small city town, uh, you are not impacted. But what what is happening on the other side of the world? So I think that this awareness uh, just increasing and is going to increase in the years um, that are coming. That everything is connected and that uh, taking care on what's happening on the other side of the world uh, is worth it. And we hope that uh, more and more roasters are going to join this project. And we will try to communicate more in upcoming months about it, about uh, what Yola implemented in that project and try to work with different roasters uh, in Europe to on that project. Amazing. Yeah, and I and I and I think I'm sorry. Uh, and I think um, also after this year, like um, yeah, because we started also working with with Java Coffee Roasters on this program, and uh, so we did a live, and they sort of got um, a peek of what the problem is, and and they were quite surprised, and they didn't realize. So I think that also helps to fill up that gap that I was talking about before that they can empathize a little bit more, you know, like they can connect a little bit more, they can uh, understand a little bit more. And also maybe, you know, it will push them a little bit to make an in- initiative on their side, because I'm sure there is still a huge problem of, of recycling and not recycling or so, or, or any any problem with, with uh, waste that uh, that you can make, you can make a, a little project on your side. So I think it, it's, this is something that you can relate to, like any Anybody, anybody in the world can relate to because they they see it. It's in their face. So I think it's less in Europe, obviously, and and it's more taken care of, and it's all behind the scenes. But it exists. So so I think this is very um, this is very important that for us to still communicate this and and to get engaged and to get the engagement from both both sides because from the producers that are very keen to and they look forward to actually develop this project because they see they see a great value in it and also to the roasters to find out a little bit more of what what challenges we're facing here not only coffee related but also what surrounds coffee yeah and we also discussing you know what are other needs in other origins uh, with the producer that we are working so for sure in upcoming months years we would like to add other projects uh, that maybe will be different but uh, related um, to each origin uh, yeah, yeah related to to each origin and to problems that the people are facing over there so so we, we are not only focusing on recycling it's just we are focusing on the problems that are facing coffee communities uh, and it's also kind of working on sustainability uh, because you know organic coffee it's not the only sustainability that we can bring in the in, in the coffee industry there's lots of things to be done and it's only a, a small part uh, uh, that we are just uh, communicating on and trying to to, to to have an impact but there is so many things to be done 
that it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah we're Sorry, this brings me to the last question. What keeps you going? Because you are a motivated bunch. So tell us, what, how do you make it? Uh, Agata, <laughs> you want to take it first? <laughs> no, I mean, there is a personal motivation. And it's very important to have a personal motivation. And there is more general motivation. For me, the motivation is to, it was to establish the companies that make sense that you know make a difference that uh, when I wake up in the in the morning I just uh, take a coffee and I know the coffee that uh, you know it comes from this farm and it's a great great thing you know personal satisfaction it's a great thing and and for me also the satisfaction was uh, to travel worldwide to go to the places that are uh, not nobody can go there you know i mean there is only few people that have an access to these beautiful places and specialty coffee is grown in the paradise uh, part of the world uh, uh, which are crazy and only that uh, even if i have a struggle and i said okay in two months or three months i'm going there it's just like a personal great motivation and then there is a professional motivation uh, that, uh, you know, it's crazy, but uh, t- just telling myself that we have a client in Portugal, we have a great client in Poland, and also co- connect to my origin country, working within my origin country where I come from. It was a um, great thing for me uh, just to connect more uh, with my culture. But also knowing that we have a client in London and and I'm in London, I can go to this coffee and they have the coffee that I'm bringing to them. And, you know, people are very grateful for it at the the end. They are, if they have the good products, they're happy with your services, you are all the times welcome. And it's the same on the, in the coffee origins. They're happy to, to welcome us, to spend time with us. And it's, you know, being in nature, the connecting from this crazy world that we have in Europe. Uh, it's, 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 it's a great uh, mixed uh, personal and professional for me. So this is my motivation. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I don't know. I, I think from since forever, I've always picked struggles and I always like, I don't like easy places. And maybe that's why I'm living in Guatemala. It's not an easy place. And, but I see so much potential in in the country in the people in the product um not only coffee but there are so many uh different different kinds of products that have potential uh but coffee of course has so much potential it has already its base a great base of of quality because guatemala in general produces spectacular coffees and with just a little bit of push you can get something um, something heavenly and 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 I see this and I see this and and I think it's it sort of um, pushes me to you know to develop that to to find ways to to explore that and to to bring it to Europe and and then in the end all those trips to Europe that I make I haven't made in in a year and a half because of the pandemic but um but I remember last time going and making presentations about the origin and the, and just to have the, the feel of the people that, yeah, they can, 
they do, you know, they just say, wow, you know, because they sort of connect with the coffee a little bit more. They, they, they're aware a little bit more that it's not produced in a factory and it's not, uh, it's not going to be the same. Italy, it's, uh, no, when no, I it's think not. looking at Lavazzaro. <laughs> Yes, no, it's not. And, you know, and the difference between it and the difference between what we're trying to add as a value as far as, yeah, to have that story, you know, and to feel that story and to to sort of take take yourself um, in a dream to, to that place and to, to the beautiful side of the, of the coffee uh, and to be a little bit le- like more relaxed about it as well. You know, like don't be so uptight about, you know, if this cup is not all you wanted, like you just enjoy it, just enjoy the people around you, just connect with people uh, because coffee provides that for us. And, and I think that's always something that pushes me and also, you know, the reward um, uh, the rewarding side of it where you know I connect here directly with with all the coffees you know and for me personally I think all the coffees that we bring has a story for me personally because I, I sort of live that story with that coffee so you know even me like loading the container I know exactly what I'm loading in that container and it's also part of that story of this coffee so I think that's a very like for me that's that's a it's a bright side of that it's hard work it's it's sometimes it's like we were talking at the very beginning and like we have ups and downs and you know sometimes you're you're more um excited about things and sometimes you're less because of the circumstances but in general I think you know we're trying to our intentions are good and uh we're trying to bring as best products as we possibly can, you know, considering the circumstances and the situations in each individual origin. Um, and we're going to continue to do that. Lovely. Great. <laughs> yes, absolutely amazing. I, I actually would love you to, to come to, to Poland and give a presentation or to fly to Guatemala and visit. Yeah. Both ways would, both of, both would, are valid. Be, uh, would be amazing. <laughs> well, okay. yeah. I mean, I'll be coming to Poland, I think, in two months. So we can definitely meet for sure. And yeah. we can maybe organize something. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It was all amazing. Like, it sounds like you really do a very hard work and I can't wait to, to try your coffees. Uh, so ho- hopefully we'll have it in one of our uh, next boxes. It would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Awesome. And so, yeah, thank you very, very much for this. Thank you for very this. much, guys. No, thank you. Thank you yeah, for having thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you. And speak to you very soon and see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Hi guys, hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, you can subscribe as we have more great interviews coming up. Stay tuned. Check out Buenos Beans on Facebook and Instagram. You can also visit our website, buenosbeans.com. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great day.